We serve an eviction notice. You better tell every authority and power that's not of God. We serve an eviction notice on the devil. God is about to do something in this place. There's a breakthrough with your name on it. Do you believe that in this house this morning? Come on, you better tell that symptom. I serve an eviction notice on you. Come on, tell that fear. I serve an eviction notice on you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to ask the drummer and keyboard player just to quickly get onto the stage. Something is happening when people are exciting. There's an excitement in their spirits. Come on, there's something that's happening when there's joy in a place. And I believe that the devil has stolen so many people's joy. Come on, tell your neighbor you need a double dosage of joy. Come on, you can do better than that. You need a double dosage of joy. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what this pandemic says. I want to tell you what the Word of God says. You are going to make it. And there's an anointing available for you to experience that. Hallelujah! So take your seat and do me a favor. Just get ready because this morning is going to be a different morning. We're going to praise our way out. And let me tell you that we, we have one service today so we can go on until 5 o'clock. But something must break. Come on, something must lift. Something must crack. Something must happen. And it must happen right now. Do you believe that? Praise the Lord. Well, let me tell you, something is surely happening. There's a new generation emerging, rising up in this hour. That will take the land. Come on. There's a new generation rising up in this hour that will move with the fire of God like we've never seen before. Praise God for that anointing that is being released upon the face of the earth. Hallelujah. And we are part of that. Can you say amen? I want you to look at an incredible scripture in the book of Acts chapter 10 verse 38. I want you to open your Bibles and read this with me. And this is so powerful as we continue on the anointing and the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. You know, every single one of us that's born again have access to that anointing. We have access to that power. Do you believe that one? So Acts, Acts says the following. He says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, let me say that one more time, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Jesus Christ was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And you have to watch me quickly. If Jesus needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he was dependent on his power. Let me just say this, that the church needs it much more than Christ Jesus needed it. And something happened when the anointing comes. You better hear me. There's no deliverance without the anointing of God. There's no healing without the anointing of God. There's no power without the anointing of God. Come on, there's no breakthrough. There's no victory. There's no overflow without the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says Jesus went about and he was doing good. So what does the anointing help you with? The anointing lets you do good. When the anointing has been entrusted to you, it helps you to do good unto others. Let me say this to you. What you make happen to others, God will make happen for you. So when God releases anointing upon your shoulders to set the captive free, what God will do in return is he will set your situation free. So the Bible says he, he, he has anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now you cannot, you cannot separate the Holy Spirit and power from each other. 
The scripture teaches us this clearly in his presence, his power is hidden. So when God was anointing Jesus with the Holy Spirit, in that presence of the Holy Spirit is where the power flows. This is why people need to understand that anointing flows through revelation or relationship with the Holy Spirit. You cannot separate the two. If you want the power, you need the Holy Spirit. And let me say this free of charge. The Holy Spirit is not a gimmick. He's not an afterthought. He's not an atmosphere. He's a real person with real feelings. Come on, He's the third person of power. Hallelujah! A lot of people are dead in the church world today for a simple reason. They do not know the Holy Spirit. They don't understand His power. Without the Holy Spirit, church is just a religious institute. Without the Holy Spirit, church is just another day of feeling good. We are not here to feel good. We are here to have an encounter with heaven. We are here that heaven will open up. So the Bible goes on. It says, you went out doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Now, you better get this right now. If there's a sickness in your body, it's an oppression. If there is a lack in your life, it's an oppression. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody right now. If you feel that you're not good enough, it's an oppression. And the hour we're living in, Satan tries to oppress God's people. But you need the anointing of God to lift that oppression. Is somebody listening to me? Let me tell you the exciting part. If you study the further on, Acts 10, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43. See what Peter did. Peter was preaching the gospel. He wasn't preaching a man-made dogma. He wasn't preaching a man-made religiosity. Here he's preaching the gospel. Vessel, where do you find that? Read it. It speaks about the death of Christ Jesus, the resurrection of Christ Jesus, and the forgiveness of sin. And do you know what happens in verse 44? The Bible says the Holy Spirit was poured out upon everybody who heard. The scripture says he fell on all who heard. What is the secret to the power of God? The simplicity of the gospel. When we preach the gospel, we receive the power the reason why the church don't see power is because we don't preach the gospel let me tell you something there's so much power in declaring that Christ Jesus died for our sins listen he has a name that makes angels stand on attention. He has a name that makes demons to flee. So when you preach this gospel, there's a release of heaven. Power flows when the truth of God is being released. This is why the devil hates a preacher that preaches the truth. Because a preacher that preaches the truth has a backing of the Holy Spirit that no other man has. Shout yes if you're with me in this place. Now let me tell you, I know a lot of people has come to this building today and you feel negative and you feel off and you, feel, you don't feel great and the situation, but that's about to change. That's about to be broken off your life. We have to preach this thing hard because the church world is lukewarm. We need to become on fire once again. And it will, we will only receive that fire when we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and nothing else. Look me right in the eye. We don't need gimmicks. We don't need to play church. We need to preach the undaunted word of God. That's what we need to do. We need to preach Jesus. You know, I don't want to name names. You know how many big names church in the church world are coming to light now and say, Lord, forgive me. I haven't preached the right gospel. 
We have preached a false gospel, a feel-good message. I thank God that the Holy Spirit is busy doing something in people's hearts. Rather hit me with the truth. Come on and lie to me. I want to hear the truth. Come on, I believe that the earth is crying out for truth. Give us the truth of the gospel. Don't just tell me how much God is going to bless me. But tell me, Vessel, tell me about holy living. Tell me about separation. Tell me about righteousness. Tell me about consecration. Tell me about the price of the anointing. Don't just soothe me about how much God is going to give me. But they shall tell me the requirements of being. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't just ask the mantle. Ask the cross. They want to walk with the mantle, but they can't even pick up the cross and follow him every single day. If I have a decision to make the cross or the mantle, give me the cross. I am not just a fan of Christ Jesus. I'm a follower of the Messiah. This is what we need. We need men and women of God that will rise up in this hour and declare, thus saith the Lord. And when we say this with the word of God in our mouths, God will do something. Can you feel it in the atmosphere? It's busy shifting. It's busy breaking off you. Yes, Master. Let me say something. The most powerful thing ever, but also the most easiest thing to understand. Christ Jesus came in the form of a man. He has paid the highest penalty on the cross of Calvary. Took all the sin, all the sickness and guilt on Calvary's cross with him. He died. He went into the underworld, but in three days, he rose from the dead and he is seated next to the Father in all power and in all glory. And he has given us that power to become sons of God. Why did I say that? Because when you release that, there's a power being released. Hallelujah. God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth and he anointed him with Holy Spirit and with power. Went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The anointing crushes oppression. The anointing brings beauty for ashes. The anointing, there's something about the anointing that you cannot fabricate. It's either the real deal or it's not. This is why the anointing is so important in the hour that we are living in. In the 21st century we are living in right now, the anointing will flow and destroy every single burden. The anointing, what is the anointing? Let me tell you something quickly. The anointing is an overflow of the abundance of the life of Jesus. So what the Lord was doing, God was anointing you the same way he anointed Jesus. He said the the work that Jesus do, you'll go and do also. You'll go and do also. This is why when the disciples came back, they said, Lord, the demons are subject to us under your name. Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning. I have given you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Because you have the anointing of the Holy One. I said, you have the anointing of the Holy One. I said, you have the anointing of the Holy One. Come on, I said, you have the anointing of the Holy One. I said, you have the anointing of the Holy One. Shout yes. This hour we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit more than I believe that the air that we breathe is going to keep us standing in the hour. You know, the Bible says you have to fight the good fight of faith. We're going to fight this fight of faith until Jesus returns. We're not going to stop. We're not going to back down now. Come on. We're going to retaliate with power. Now, when the devil comes against you, you have the authority to rise and say, no more. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the, the Holy Spirit is not an atmosphere. Amen. But let me tell you, when he shows up, he changes atmospheres. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the one that confirms with you that you are born again. Amen. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no knowing. How do you know that you know that you know that you know in your knower that you are saved? It's only through the Holy Spirit. He, the scripture says, agrees with my spirit that we are sons of God. He's the one who makes the Father real. Through Him, I have access to say, Abba, Father. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that the church has shied away from. Everybody is offended, but they don't understand how the Spirit of God feels. By the way, the Bible teaches us this very clearly. When we sin willfully, we insult the Spirit of grace. We insult the Holy Spirit when we sin willfully. After we've received the knowledge of truth. You see, the Holy Spirit is a real person with real feelings. He's not an afterthought. Let me tell you this right now. A lot of people use Him as a light switch. On, off, on, off, on, off. But the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, could not exist without the Holy Spirit. I said it last week. Let me say this again. There's only one Holy Spirit. Think about the Spirit of God that walked into the tomb of of, of, of the garden tomb where Jesus was laying. There goes the Holy Spirit. He resurrects that body. Think about this. That same Holy Spirit lives in me and He lives in you. Don't tell me I can't do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, I want you to do me a favor. Lift those hands and ask the Spirit of God, breath of God, breathe on me again. Breathe on me again. One more time I pray. Breathe on me, Lord. Such a presence. I got such a presence. I see tears flowing all over. Masco Provonde. My goodness. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Spirit of God. About two minutes ago, I felt a shift. That shift is here right now. Wow. Spirit of God. Let me tell you, something is happening in this place today. Sure. Can you feel his presence? Come breathe upon me. Breath of God. Breathe upon me. Spirit of the Lord. 
As I lift my hands in surrender to your name, most high, I'm healing to your spirit. Jesus, I am walking in your love. Jesus, I adore. Jesus, I adore. Jesus, I adore your holy name. My God. It's the anointing that makes all the difference in the world. It's because of that anointing that Moses could have stood before Pharaoh and said, Let my people go. It's because of the anointing that he was able to lift that rod and the Red Sea part from the left and to the right. I feel it so strong just to say this to somebody that the anointing is available for you to part whatever you face right now. That same anointing is available for you to see that portation of that problem. Is that anointing that God has given Joshua that has enabled him to run around Jericho? And at the seventh time as they were shouting and praising, the walls came down. That same anointing is available today for walls in your life to come down. But you have to be willing. You have to be able. You have to be ready. Say, Lord... Today is the day that I'm going to praise my way out. That same anointing is here. That same anointing that was available for Joshua to make the sun and the moon to stand still for him to fight that fight is available for you. Woman, don't give up. The victory is yours, but you can't give up now. You can't stop now. That anointing is available for you. Oh, sun and moon, stand still. God gives you the power to fight this fight one more time. Amen. The same anointing is available for you. Marco premande lemendra, che provoschi enda. It was that same anointing that was on Gideon when 33,000 of the army stood before the Lord and he said, No ways, you guys are too many. Eventually they ended, ended up with 300. They didn't have to fight. Because God sent a sound from heaven. The anointing will fight for you. It's that same anointing that was on David. When a lion came and stole one of his father's sheep. And he ran after that lion. And killed him with his bare hands. That same anointing is available for you. I want you to just look at me quickly. I'm not going to be long. Just hear this. That same anointing that was on David, when a lion came and take his, took his father's sheep, he outran that lion. Yes. <laughs> I said he outran that lion. Grabbed him by the mane. Gave him a slap. <laughs> bang, bang. Ripped his jaw apart. He told, get Goliath, I've done the same with the bear and you next. 
It's the anointing that can make you stand toe-to-toe to a giant that is nine and a half feet tall. It's the anointing of God that can come upon a 17-year-old man. That stands in front of a nine and a half feet tall giant and said, I'm going to do with you what I've done with the lion and what I've done with the bear. Look at me in the eye. You have been through some stuff in your life and you are still alive. You took care of the lion. You took care of the bear. You don't care about that giant. You will do the same with him because of the anointing of God upon your life. It's that same anointing that came upon him when David started dancing before the Ark of Covenant. When the anointing comes upon you, you will dance in the presence of God. I don't think you've got this one. Paul and Silas sit in the middle of a prison cell. Something happened in them. Oh, come on. They had some praise up in there. Do you know what stirs the anointing of God? Expectation. They started praising the Lord, singing hymns, and there was an anointing available. The Bible says suddenly at midnight shackles were broken. Something happens when you praise God. Do you get this? I don't care where you, the Bible says everything that was is. Every situation under the sun that is today already happened. And there's a solution. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the solution. And when we start to praise, the Bible says there's an anointing available that broke the yokes of Paul and Silas. I can tell you right now, when you feel discouraged, get a praise song. Get, get some praise up in the place. And when you start to praise, God does something for you. You don't have to fight. The only thing that you do is you sing. While you praise, heaven is fighting for you. Let me say that one more time. While you praise, God is sending an angel on your behalf. Your job is not to fight. Your job is to praise. Come on, your job is to glorify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When the bank says you're not going to make it, your job is not to fear, not to call a rich uncle. Your job is to praise your way out. Oh, come on, you don't get this. This is why anointed people are, are different people. David's own wife mocked him and said, look at this foolishness. Look at how this man is dancing. But you had no idea what the anointing makes you to do. You're not a dancer, but when the anointing touches you, oh, the Holy Ghost sets your feet to dance. There's something that happens when the Holy Spirit and the anointing comes upon your life, turns you into another man. Amen. Think about Samson. Samson was anointed from his mother's womb. From his mother's womb, he was anointed. And let me tell you, Samson fought his own loyalty. Most people are not loyal to you. They're loyal to the need of you. Once their need change, so does their loyalty. He saw a woman that he liked, a Philistine. We all know the story, but it's very important that we understand this. He, he saw a woman that he liked, the Philistine lady. His father said, of all the girls you can get, why this one? But God allowed it. We all understand. We know the scriptures. God allowed it for him to move against his enemies. And it's something, something so profound. The Bible says she left him. After he made a riddle to the Philistines, she left him for another man. So a lot of people can debate this and say, but, but her father took her away. And because of the riddle, no, 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 no. Let me just, just tell you something. When she left Samson, do you know what happened with her? They burned her. She died. What people miss out on is this protection under the anointing. When a husband is anointed, say for instance, the, the man is the preacher and God is using him highly. That wife of his is always protected as long as she's under the anointing. That's why, that's why when Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses, immediately Miriam had leprosy. 
Moses, oh, Aaron also spoke against him, but why wasn't he affected immediately? Because of the anointing. Amen. The anointing covers. The anointing protects. The minute she walked out of the anointing, she left him for another man. And as, as crazy as he was, he went back to his ex-father-in-law and said, please, can I have your daughter back? You don't ever have to fight for love. Please, okay, I'm not speaking to the right crowd. You never have to fight for love. If they don't love you according to 1 Corinthians 13, they don't love you. Love is a verb for the Afrikaners that doesn't understand what a verb is. It's a verb word. Love is not something you say, it's something you do. Hallelujah. Woo! 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 Something you do. The Bible says, he who does not love has not seen God, Amen. for God is love. Amen. So here this anointed man of God runs back for love. She left him for a man with a lesser of an anointing than him. Now, let me stand still on this for a moment. It's, I think it's important, especially for the hour that we're living in, that what the world calls love, God calls uh, uh, lust. Amen. Amen. Let me say something to you. Even, even with Delilah, she said to Samson at the, at the end, you don't love me. Amen. If you really loved me, you'd have told me where your power comes from. You see, what she didn't understand, she didn't understand. She didn't understand 1 Corinthians 13, what love is. She tried to, she tried to bribe him. Now, I'm going to get to the good stuff right now. You know, the scripture says he ran back because he wanted her love, her affection. But let me say this to us, see this across the world today. There's a lack of love because a lack of love is a lack of presence. A lack of presence is a lack of power. A lack of power is a lack of the anointing. He who love has seen God and has moved of God. You know, not to what the world calls love today. You know, people, boyfriends and girlfriends is like an audition. Every week is another boyfriend, another girlfriend. And I'll, I'll tell you soon, I'll teach you soon on the different classes of sin. Where God says one of the classes of sin is sexual sin. And that sin, you sin against your own soul and you'll be damned to hell. Listen, let me just say this to you. If you flirt with anybody else except for your spouse, you are not flirting or being friendly. You are busy with adultery. Let's say this as it is. Based on adultery, let me say adultery starts in the head long before it happens in the bed. If you study the word, if you study the word flirt, it's got a sexual connotation. Amen. Flirt means I have a sexual feeling towards somebody, but I can't act out on it. You already acted out on it. In your mind, you're an adulterer in the word of God. Oh, come on. I'm asking you the question. Is that how cheap and easy you are? That a guy can get you by flirting? Oh, but my husband doesn't say that to you. Well, maybe if you treat your husband like you flirt, he will tell you the same things, baby. I'm asking the question, where's the Proverbs 31 woman? And where's the Ephesians 5 men? Oh, it's quiet. I, I thought it was going to get quiet. I'm asking the question, where's the Proverbs 31 woman and the Ephesians 5 men? Where are they today? Where are the Proverbs 31 men? Go, oh, come on. Oh, he don't love me. <laughs> You know, Hati, it makes me feel so good. <laughs> oh my goodness. Crazy world that we're living in. Oh, this is just the way we play. It's a dangerous game. 
Oh, it's a dangerous game. While you are busy playing with your sin, you don't even understand. You are messing with your children's life. I have to say this bold. I'm a man of God. I'm not a man of people. I'm a man of God. Stop that flirting. Stop that. Hear me right now. The way you treat your, your workers. You better stop that. Your husband can't see it. Your wife can't see it. God sees it. I said, God sees it. If you have to flirt, flirt with your own spouse. If you have to have an affair, have an affair with your own wife. But don't fight for love. Don't go, please, I beg you, stay with me. No, 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 no. If they don't see the glory of God upon your life, you better say goodbye and good riddance. God has something better in store for me. Why? Because I'm a Proverbs 31 woman. You don't want to attract flirtatious people. You want to attract godly people. And if you are married, you don't want to attract anything but money. (laughs) I don't know why I stand still with this, but somebody better hear me. You can be married for 20 years and it can still be romance. It can still be honeymoon. Oh, the honeymoon is long gone. Oh, I don't know where you go into honeymoon. You went to Durban. I'm still in Hawaii. <laughs> 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 Woohoo! You can be 70 years old. I heard a woman. This is true, Wayne. It's a real true story. I read it in the news. A, a guy is 88 years old. His wife was 87 years old. And um, he died in, a, in, in their bed. So the children came to his house. And his wife stood outside of the bed and cried. And she shouted at him. I told you, you are not leaving without me. And she got in the bed next to him and wept herself to death. Imagine that kind of love. And you say, if you go, I go. I said to Eileen, if you die before me, I'll raise you from the dead. Come back. And she will tell me, what are you doing? I had a time of my life. She said, that day she will sing, I had the time of my life and I owe it all to you. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Something that the anointing does. Sometimes the anointing seeks affection but with the wrong people. You want acceptance. You know, the most craziest thing is when somebody flirts and cheats and whatever. They say it's because of a low self-esteem. There's nothing wrong with your self-esteem, sir. (laughs) It's not your self-esteem. There's nothing wrong with your (laughs) self-esteem. It's not a a confidence problem. It's a sin problem. I know, you own prod art. When we all get to heaven... (laughs) I want to see you there. Amen. And why do I say this? Because in the next five minutes, you're going to experience an anointing of God that will move across this place like a cloud. Why? Because truth was being released. I want you to hear me. Even though Lila said, you don't love me. You know, thank you, Boston. There's something about the anointing. The scriptures say the same thing. He grew up, and I want you to hear me right now. This is why the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. For Samson, the angel said, he's not supposed to drink anything. 
strong. No, no wine, no intoxicating drink. Why? Because he needs to be separated from the world. He needs to be completely different from the world. So the Bible says a lion came. And you know the crazy thing about this? His parents was walking with him. His parents didn't even know he killed a lion. Think about what the anointing does. Clap on clap on him. Oh, and he pop Vietnamese. They tend to their face on their way back. The Bible says the lion is already a carcass. Inside of the carcass is honey. And he ate something sweet from that which was supposed to kill him. Amen. This is the effect of the anointing. When you're under that anointing, you protect it. The Bible says he killed God's enemies. He caught a thousand foxes. That's the anointing. You require the anointing to catch a thousand foxes and send them into a camp and set everything on fire. That cost the anointing. But one thing that I can, if I always study this out of the life of Samson, he was a lonely man. His wife deserted him when he needed her the most. She died because she left the anointing. Hear me. The Bible says now he's angry because they killed his wife, the one he loved so much. And uh, see, his whole life, study it, is an attraction to enemies. Attraction to enemies. The most powerful thing to me is they came out a thousand against him. He was one alone. What does he do? He pick up a jawbone of a donkey. I can just see it. Who's first? That's what the anointing does. And he kills a thousand of them. And the Bible says, after he killed them, out of the jawbone of a donkey comes water. Somebody hear me. I prophesy this to you. In the hardest of times in your life, God will give you to drink. He will satisfy that thirsty soul. You know, in his hardest battle, there was provision. I hope you take what I'm telling you right now. In the hardest battle, there was provision. God gave him something to drink. God doesn't just say, I'm going to give you the power to... My goodness, I feel such a heavy presence of the Lord right now. He didn't just say, I'm going to give you the victory. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll quench your first. What you need to hear me right now is only one that can quench that first. There's only one that can heal that broken heart. There's only one that can fill that void. And that's God alone. That's Jesus alone. He's the only one that can quench that first. There's a lot of people that sit here and say, Vessel, I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of fighting. But the Lord is giving you the victory. Not tomorrow, but today. Something is about to shake over your life. There will be, you'll feel that trembling under your feet as the shackles are being destroyed. The shackles of bondage that kept you back is about to be destroyed by the power of the Holy Spirit. You better just hold on and don't throw in the towel. God is not done with you. He's not through with you. Look up and see that He will quench your first. Even in that battle, even at time when you say, Lord, I'm tired of praying. I'm tired of seeking, Lord. I feel so alone. I don't know what to do. God will give you something to drink while you will need it the most. He will, not, he will not walk out of your life without giving you the victory. You better hear me right now. He's giving you something fresh in your hand to destroy everything that comes against you by the power of the Holy Spirit. But child, I know that you are tired. But now is the time 
to move forward by faith. And as you move forward by faith, I'll give you territory, unknown territory. It is time to push forward and move on to greater things that I have given you. You better hear the voice of the Spirit of God in this place today. This is not the time to say, Lord, I can't do this no more. God is quenching your first. He's quenching your first right now. He's giving you something marvelous to drink. I know the devil wants you to say, it's, it's over, I'm done. I'm tired fighting. My God, that's the presence of the Lord. And you know how I believe we're going to see the breakthrough? We're going to praise our way out. We're going to shout until the walls fall today. You see, the anointing has been given to part the Red Sea. Every time something difficult comes against you, you have to lift up those hands and say, I belong to the creator of the universe. I declare water part in Jesus' name. Every time there's a mountain, you have the power to move mountains. You have a mountain moving God residing on the inside of you. The anointing has been given to you to kill the lion, to slap around the bear, to bring that Goliath nine and a half feet tall, not to your level, underneath your feet. It's that same anointing that came on Elisha when he stood at the Jordan and he whacked the waters. He said, where's the God of Elijah? What if I tell you that same anointing is available for you right now? The only thing that you need to do is reach out and put a demand on that anointing. Hear me right now. If you in a naturally don't eat and drink, you are sick. The same in the spirit. If you're not hungry, not first, it means you're sick. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn in Zion, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. They shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities. The desolation of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. I want you to hear me. The anointing has come. He has anointed us to do what? To preach good tidings. Preach the good news. To heal the broken heart. I want you to close your eyes quickly. I want you to lift your hands. Somebody in this building needed to hear the good news. Somebody in this place has a broken heart. The Bible says to proclaim liberty. There's so many people who's not totally free. And the anointing brings the liberty. It brings the, it's that way the point says that it set the captives free. To opening up the prison to those who are bound. That prison door is the door to your heart. That height that you have been carrying, 
that bitterness, that anger. The Lord wants to deliver you from that right now. That prison door needs to swing wide open. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of the vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. Those who mourn, let me tell you right now, the Bible says, weeping may last for a night. But joy comes in the morning. When anointing flows, those who mourn shall be comforted. The Bible says to give them beauty for ashes. The anointing brings a divine exchange. He takes your ashes and he gives you beauty. The Bible says the oil of joy for mourning. No devil in hell will stop the joy coming to your life today. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. A merry heart is like medicine to the soul. I don't know what's going to happen in this nation. I don't know how long I will be in this nation still. But let me just say this. We need God now more than ever before. We need men of God that will say enough is enough. We're going to push this back. But to get back to what I want to say. So I said to the Lord, Lord, next year. Next year is going to be awesome. And it came to my spirit, the, the scripture. Don't say in four months that it's harvest time. Look up and see. That is as white as snow and ready. And I counted it. Four months is December. So the Lord said, don't worry about next year. It's right now. It's right now. So I want you to look at me. Hear me. The rest of this year will be the best of your year. I said the rest of this year will be the best of your year. And I believe what the Lord has showed me. The, the next four months of this year will be four months of harvest. You didn't get this. Not just harvest of souls. I declare for every sower that it will be a harvest of finances, breakthroughs in your business, breakthroughs in your marriages. Well, at least 10 people believe this. At least 10 people are. The next four months shall be a four months of supernatural harvest. Let all of heaven hear me. Harvest in Jesus' name. So we are not going to look at next year. We're going to look at the now. God is the God of the now. I want you to open up your Bible to the book of Ecclesiastes 11. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 1. Ecclesiastes is next to Revelation. <laughs> Just want to get another scripture. Ecclesiastes 11 says the following. Cast your bread upon the waters. For you will find it after many days. Give a serving to seven and also to eight. For you do not know what evil will be on the earth. Can we just go back to the verse 1? It says, cast your bread upon the waters for you will find it after many days. When he says, cast your bread upon the waters, he speaks about sowing. Sow it and you will find it after many days. Now I know I never go on, with, uh, on finances too much. But I see that there's a lack of understanding when it comes to finances in the church. I'm going to be one minute. I'm not going to take much of your time. 
But sowing is the only way that keeps you secured and protected of all financial difficulties. He says, cast your bread upon the water and you will find it after many days. I don't care what anybody says. I've seen this with my own eyes. When you sow, you are next in line for a miracle. A lot of people, you know, the Lord rebuked me one day. I prayed for everybody, financial breakthroughs, and the Lord rebuked me. He said, I can't violate my word. I thought to myself, why does the Lord say this to me? He said, non-sowers can't access that blessing. I thought it's going to be quiet now. (laughs) What you sow, you reap. So the Bible says, it goes on. Look at the next verse. Give a serving to seven and also to eight. So he teaches you when you give, don't always give the same amount. Up your giving. While you up your giving, you up your faith. For you do not know what evil will be on the earth. Now, if that doesn't get your attention, nothing will. He says you have to sow your, your seed. You will find it after many days. He says change your giving. Don't always give the, the same amount. Because you do not know what evil will come on the earth. Now, I don't know about you. There's an evil on the earth right now. But why is there a certain group of people that's protected even, even when the rest of the world loses their jobs and loses their finances? Sowers are protected. The Bible says the reason why you have to give is because you don't know what evil will come on the earth. So every single time there's a, there's a financial decline in the world, you are not affected. Uh, where's the excited people? I thought you are going to be excited about this. You are protected. Even if they say that there will be a financial depression in South Africa, that scripture teaches me when I give, I'm not part of that depression. Oh, you didn't get that one. Your car will drive longer. Your tires will, ha- will go on a little bit longer. You will find favor. So the Bible says this very, very clearly. Do you understand this? Who understands this now? For who, who did this scripture open up to? It says, so if I want to be protected, I do what Noah did. I built something in the time of calm that will keep me in the time of storm. So the Bible says, my seed protects me of evil times. Why do we give unto the Lord? We give unto the Lord for, for many reasons according to the scripture. But one of those reasons is protection of what's coming to the financial stability of the world. That's supernatural living. It's supernatural living when everybody's in financial depression and you do supernatural yourself. Oh my goodness. So please don't judge somebody's breakthrough if you don't know the way they sowed. If you don't know the way they, they have given. Amen? Or am I speaking to the right bunch of people? Then there's a one more that I want to read you quickly in the book of Proverbs. Don't be angry at me, be angry at the Bible. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. So when you give freely, you gain even more. So the more your wife gives away, don't worry about that. The more the Lord will add. He says those who give freely, they will gain even more. A generous person will prosper, the Bible says. Not a stingy person. A generous person. Now, I'm going to be 30 seconds. Timey. If you have a savings account and you save your money, great but i can promise you 10 years from today it's not going to have a big effect when the interest rate drops you earn less money but something is happening when i give 
unto the Lord. The exchange rate is much different. When I save in the natural world, it's like this and it can decrease, but not with God. He promises a 50-fold, a 60-fold, and a 100-fold. That's what He promises in His Word. He promises me, and I promise you, ask your manager at Epsa Bank, when a financial difficulty comes in this nation, they can't guarantee you that you will be protected of the evil on the world. But the Bible says, I promise those who sow us that it will protect them when evil comes over... And then the next one, God even takes care of your children because of your sowing. Because of your giving, God takes care of your children. And I promise you, if you want your children to prosper, teach them how to give. And they will never ever lack in their whole lives. Teach them to give, teach them to be generous. I wish I can tell you all the testimonies. I can't. Some of them is too personal. But my God is faithful if you're faithful. If you're faithful with the little. So I want to encourage you, if you've never given, start to give. Whatever you give, start to give in another portion. Don't give the same. A measure of seven and of eight. Start to trust God with your finances. It's not yours in any case. Everything that you have belongs to the Lord. Why do I say this in this time? Because I believe... I'm not a prophet of doom. I'm just a man of God declaring the word of God. It's going to be more difficult financially for the world. We are entering a time that it will be more difficult for the world financially. Not for us. Not for you. Not for your children. Not for your children's children. They will prosper in all things. So I want you to just lift those hands with me. There's a marvelous, beautiful presence. Holy Spirit, I pray, come and do exactly as you please right now. Exactly as you please right now. Do me a favor, please. I want you to stand to your feet quickly. I want every eye closed, every hand lifted as a sign of surrender. Now, I want you to hear me. Listen to the man of God. I feel in my heart, even from last night, that the Lord says, as people will do something different. Get out of your comfort zone, do something different. I will come and I will destroy the yokes. I will open up prison doors. I will allow the chains of bondage to fall and to be broken forevermore. But you can't just stand and be just be part of the crowd. You better encounter Him. You better encounter that presence. You have to cry out to Him and say, Lord, I am thirsty. I am hungry for You, Lord. You have to lift those voice and pray. Wage that war in the heavenlies right now. Come on, you're watching us around the world. It's time to pray like never before. Come on, faith city, lift those voices in prayer.